You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. This is the Thunder Quack Podcast. The official podcast of Thunder Quack Podcast Network where anything can happen. So strap yourselves in and hold on to your butts. It's Thunderquack time! Hello and welcome back to the Thunderquack podcast, the official podcast of Thunderquack.com. You can get it early every Tuesday on Patreon.com or wait and get it free every Friday on podcast services across the galaxy. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Cohen. And I'm your other host, Amanda Conkin. Uh, and uh, this is our last episode of our series of Star Wars Ranked. So this Woo-hoo. is this is the last Jedi Ranked. We made um, it through a whole ranked series. We did. On Thunderquack. We said we would, and we did. Yep. We follow through um, on this podcast. And we'll be taking a bit of a break. Because uh, you're having a baby. Because my wife is having a baby, and yep. I am assisting in the process yes, yes. Um, in whatever ways I can, and they tell me to. <laughs> I, yeah. I, so there will be a little bit of a break, and then... Um, sometime in August, there will be some sort of content. I won't be on it, but there will be something. And then in September, we'll have some stuff as well. So if you're a subscriber and uh, on Patreon and you're paying for stuff, it's going to be a light month, but there will still be stuff in the month. So don't go canceling your Patreon subscription (laughs) just yet. And then in October, when we come back, what will happen is I, you'll get quiver early. Is is basically because oh, right, yeah, deal. we'll be doing quiver. Yeah, you'll get yeah. quiver early, and then um, and the pre-show things still and we'll the keep pre-show doing. stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah. that'll that'll essentially we'll do the same thing we've been doing with Thunderquack, just with quiver. Yeah, but and I feel like the pre-show will serve a lot of the purposes that quiver did right now, where we'll actually talk about the additional stuff. Yeah, like we did in Thunderquack. Yeah. Uh, so which I'm kind of looking forward to because then they're like sort of different podcasts that are sort of the same. Yeah. Yeah. Altogether. Yeah. Um, I just noticed that you have, uh, you have, so the room is set up now that we're podcasting in. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if everybody knows that, but like from Goofy Movie, you have Powerline, Powerline yeah. as a pop figure. That's one of that the, that's one of the so many cool. gifts that I have received from Matt Campbell oh, because he's so one of cool. the greatest people on the planet. And I'll say it on the podcast. One of my best yeah. friends. He'll he's, be happy to hear that. He's delightful. He's getting shoutouts almost every week. Nice. Well, I, I hope he appreciates it. I think that. that he, I mean, is doing a really good job at being an awesome friend because that is pretty sweet. Uh, yeah, he's the best. I'm actually really excited. You need to let him know that I'm coming to Disneyland next year. Well, you just did. I did. Yeah. He listens okay. ev- to every episode. I decided. So Mike, Mike teased me last week and said, Star Wars Celebration. Yeah. And we're going to Disneyland and you should come. And it was like kind of nonchalant. I've been like obsessing about it for seven days. Where I've been talking to people about how weird it would be for me to go on vacation and you, with my and friends. And you came in, you came <laughs> in tonight, and you were very sheepish of like, oh, like if you and Crystal maybe want to think about if it's okay if I could maybe come with you yeah. to Disneyland because yeah. I think that would be really. And I was like, stop, you're coming with <laughs> yeah, us to Disneyland yay. because it's always better to have extra adults <laughs> oh, when you're taking kids. I'm to so Disneyland. excited. 
Me and Car are gonna get Minnie Mouse ears, like the ears that we yeah. can wear around. Oh, it's gonna be so cute. I've never been to Disneyland with kids. I've only been as an adult. It's so which, good. Oh, so I saw a better. rant on the internet from somebody that has kids at Disneyland and just like ranting about how like you shouldn't be allowed to go to Disneyland without kids. Anyways, it was. Yeah, I saw funny. that. Yeah. It was, it, like, was it was serious though? They were somebody like... was serious. Somebody had gone to Disneyland with their kids and just hated their life. And I'm kind of like, mm, you just maybe that's not the other people. Maybe that's just yeah. Like, you know so what you're getting I into. mean, obviously, <laughs> Crystal and I went to Disney parks several times before yeah. Kara was born. Yeah. Last year was our yeah. first time with Kara. Yeah. Um, it's the greatest place on earth. And, and the whole like, point is that everyone's a kid everyone's, when they're at yeah, Disneyland. Exactly. Like, that's the whole idea. I will say Tokyo Disney in particular has very few children. Like, it is a place you go oh, on yeah. dates. Like, yeah. it is... There are... Like, that was one of the coolest things about Tokyo Disney. The Winnie the Pooh ride at Tokyo Disney is full of 20-year-old girls. And it just made me so happy because it's this Winnie the Pooh ride and I it's was like freaking a, it's out. It's like and an it's just, anime fan's it's dream, just, right? Of like it's just so a great. bunch of pretty and, Japanese girls and it was on the, the Winnie the Pooh ride. That, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically. Yeah. And the thing that like got to me is that the store that's part of the Winnie the Pooh, yeah. there is a full Winnie the Pooh themed store. And it's not like they're selling like stuffies. I got chopsticks. I got a really nice like yeah. pillow for my house. I got wine well, glasses. That, the like, Disney, Disney characters over oh. there, like the iconography of them is is bigger than it is here. Yeah. And oh. it's like Mickey Mouse is one of the most recognizable, like the three the the three circles, right? The the circle with the oh, ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's up there with the Coca-Cola logo, the Nike swoosh, and Superman's logo, right? Like the, those yeah. are kind of the most recognizable images globally where people instantly know exactly what that is. Um, yeah, and and Winnie the Pooh is so big over oh. there. It's just, it was like, as like that is my favorite. Like, I have, and these things, like, I treat these glasses, like, I only drink wine out of them in really yeah. special occasions because they're so pretty. And it was this, like, I would have bought so much more stuff, but I had this, like, one bag come back. Anyways, Powerline, very cool. There was, like, a Disney shirt here that I didn't buy, and it's, like, one from of my From Disney only. Store? From Disney Store, the Powerline. The, the gray, was it was, long, like, the Heather Gray one? I or? don't know. It was, it was long sleeves. It was, like, a jersey, um, like, oh. kind of thing. Oh, was that the tour one that had, like, Maybe. the dates on the back? Yeah, I think something yeah. like that. Yeah, there was, was another one that cool. was, like, a Heather Gray one that was like a power line like yeah. like album I can't, cover wear, sort I can't of really thing. wear just the t-shirts because I don't mm. really wear t-shirts but I would wear like the long sleeve like yeah. shirt thing I didn't I didn't get that power line t-shirt and I was like I'll get I'll get it next time I'll yeah. get it next time yeah. I'll get it next time and then I went to go get it and was like yeah. no more yeah. um yeah it's a bummer <gasps> I just I now I'm just I'm just gonna it's gonna be so much fun if I had so much fun just thinking this week about the possibility of asking you yeah. to come to Disneyland now that I've decided I'm coming to Disneyland it's just gonna be the greatest year it's like a year away. Yeah. Devastating. Yeah. But anyways, it a year away. it's over. A year it'll away. also be my first Star Wars celebration. So this year is yep. my first San Diego Comic Con. I've decided I'm not gonna go again next year, uh, but I'll go to Star Wars celebration. I mean, whatever. Maybe I'll go to Comic Con. But I people who go to multiple cons in a year <laughs> are the most annoying people on the planet. <laughs> I it's I I get so frustrated when I see. Didn't we rant some about this last friends. week? I get, yeah, I just get <laughs> so frustrated. It's like what are you, what. What are you spending your money on? Where does this cash come from? How are you able to do this? Um, I think it was in the like the the uncut. Oh yeah, uncut version, version that we ran about last week. Um, yeah, it it just I don't understand. I don't understand how people are able because like uh, like we're gonna do Star Wars Celebration and Disneyland next year, 
and well, we got to start figuring it out now. Yeah. I can't imagine if I was also like, well, we're going to go to Comic-Con too, and we're yeah. also going to New York Comic-Con and whatever, like <gasps> to do a whole bunch of them. I'm going to get to go to film festivals next year. I just realized that I have two films that I get to do a festival circuit for next year. <gasps> Lucky you. Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, let's jump into an email. Good. Yeah. Uh, hey, y'all, it's been a while. I figured <gasps> I should write in. So first, I'm going to give you my rank of the episodes, Star Wars episodes. Nice. So here's here's Sarah Beth. So you, I didn't even have to say that. You didn't, because it's the y'all. Hi, Sarah Beth. Yeah. <laughs> I, here's, here's Sarah Beth's ranking. Six, five, four, seven, eight, three, one, two. Interesting. So... So Attack of the Clones in the bottom. I'm assuming that that this like that Attack of the Clones is not Sarah Beth's favorite Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that no. this is in descending or, or eight ascending. three one two. Yeah, eight three one two. So she's got she's got the sequels right above the prequels. So original trilogy in reverse order: Return of the Jedi, Empire, A New Hope, and then uh, and then The Force Awakens and Last Jedi, and then. The prequels. jumbled prequels with episode three at the at the top and then episode one in the middle and episode two at the bottom i mean the only saving grace of that is that jedi return of the jedi is first yeah but like i'm really hurt that the last jedi is so far is down that, that list. far down uh yeah i mean yeah yeah we're <laughs> like, gonna have a conversation about it so sad. i just finished watching it earlier today and i mean yeah. we're gonna get into it yeah but I didn't realize how much I've watched that movie yeah. until I was reciting most of the movie. When I, and it was a thing where it's I was like, I'm just going to turn this on in the background while I do other things. No, no. I ordered a pizza to myself and sat there and just watched The Last Jedi while eating an entire cheese pizza. And it was the best thing oh, you could have done, It right? was the best thing I did this weekend. Yeah. Um, oh. Here's the rest of Sarah's email. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I totally prefer the original trilogy and newest movies to the prequels. Next, I have to say I've put off watching any of the animated series. I have watched the animated Clone Wars movie, but not Clone Wars Rebels or Resistance (laughs) series. Uh, I now feel like I'm missing so much and need to watch all of them to get the full Star Wars experience. And my husband is very happy about this. I'm a bit behind on the podcast, but I'm working to get caught up. I'm really enjoying it, though. Thanks for all the hard work, Mike and Amanda. That's from Sarah Beth. Uh, Yeah, I... Yeah, get into the Clone Wars. So, here's the thing with the Clone Wars. It gets much better as it goes, and there's at least one arc each season that is awful. Okay, yeah. So, just knowing that going into it, (laughs) there's also some stuff that I feel you can just totally skip over. Um, And I do, I threaten, but I should really put together my essential yeah because i would totally list. watch it like that i would go i would because there it. is so you should do it for the thunderquack quarterly like the i should the, like the one of the thunder one. for the next one yeah. do your like definitive clone wars um list. so the key to clone wars is that i uh, there's a trilogy in there just about obi-wan kenobi yeah which is like cool. you like people are like oh i want the obi-wan movie i want the obi-wan trilogy and i'm like the obi-wan trilogy exists yeah. there are three arcs in the Clone Wars that are Obi-Wan centric arcs that you could definitely just watch those three and get his story. And then there's a couple arcs that are very Anakin and Ahsoka that you could put together. Once the final season is out, you can definitely put together a, 
actually I would say probably even more than a trilogy. You could put together a trilogy that is Ahsoka's journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Yeah, if I if I if I looked at it this way and I did, there's four trilogies in the Clone Wars, kind of. There's Obi-Wan, there's Anakin, there's Ahsoka, and then there's the clone troopers, but kind of revolving around. There's a very specific troop. Like they, there's these two guys, uh, uh, Fives and Echo, mm-hmm. uh, and it sort of follows Fives especially. Fives is very important to the Star Wars mythology um, because he he's kind of integral in in Order sixty six. And uh, I don't want to spoil anything else on that if people haven't watched and want to, um, because his journey is really great. I. Nice. Uh, and he's a clone trooper. And he's a clone trooper. Uh, him and Echo are clone troopers. Uh, and I, those are like I can I can kind of just off the top of my head think of those sort of four trilogies. And if that's all you watched, you would get what you need mm-hmm. out of the nice. Clone Wars. And then there's maybe a couple of other one-off episodes that are really Good. fun. Yeah. Um, what my favorite episode in the entire series is in season one, and it's called Trespass. And it's actually not a Star Wars episode. It's an episode of Star Trek. Um, nice. And it just happens to be inserted like, yeah, in the yeah, middle yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, nice. It's Anakin and Obi Wan on uh, on a uh, the the moon of Pantora, mm-hmm. which is a snow planet. It's nice. like Hoth, but it's kind of all these like jagged cliffs mm-hmm. and and snow. And uh, the Pantorans live on Pantora, and then this moon is orbiting Pantora. So Pantora, they're blue skinned aliens. They're just people with blue skin. Humans with blue skin. And they claim ownership of the moon. But then you discover, because the the Republic puts an outpost and it gets attacked by droids, but then gets wiped out. And we don't know why until we get there and we realize that there's a native population, population on this planet, uh, on this moon. And it's kind of, it's, I mean, there's kind of some, some similarities to the Ewoks to that degree, but, um, it becomes, it's like, it takes place during the Clone Wars, but it's so close to the beginning of the Clone Wars. It's actually more like what the Jedi, how the Jedi function pre-Clone Wars. Mm. Like, like it's sort of like how the mission would have gone with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan if, it hadn't turned out that Darth Sidious was behind all of that mm. and Darth Maul shows up and changes everything. So um, it's it just ends up being a diplomatic mission where Obi-Wan oh, wow. and Anakin have to, go, like... have to basically broker peace between these two peoples. Cool. That um, is a Star Trek episode. It's a Star Trek episode. Yeah. And it's my favorite episode in the entire series. Um, cool. And it's so good. There's so much in the Clone Wars that's so great. So people should watch it. That totally makes me think about, like episodes that sort of stand alone as part of a series but that are really good and mm-hmm. give you some sense of it and i will say looking at doctor who because it's got so much stuff people know that blank is one of the best episodes like even if you haven't watched doctor who people have talked about the episode of blank with a like the yeah. angels it's a good episode that stands completely on its own and you don't have to watch doctor who at all to get it but the best episode of Doctor Who that completely helps by knowing about it, but it also stands alone, is Neil Gaiman's episode, uh, The Doctor's Wife. And it is 
amazing. But it's like an episode that a lot of people don't really talk about. But if you like Neil Gaiman, I feel like you could probably watch it without any context from the rest mm. of the show because it stands completely on its own. Like it's like a little Neil Gaiman story that takes place in the universe of yeah. Doctor Who. And it uses like there's some things that it sets up for the lore, which is great. But there's also a lot of it that just is totally like self-contained. And it's really anyways. I would love to know if there's other episodes like that of, like, shows that if yeah. you understand the basic premises of the characters, but you also like, like, genre-based, I think, that you I can think, watch a couple um, episodes. I uh, think, what is it, I guess it's season four of Buffy, the one with the with the gentleman. Gentleman, yeah, that you could totally watch that You could just watch own. that. It's just and a it's great... Brilliant. It's yeah. That, is it just called The Gentleman? Yeah, is that The Gentleman, episode? yeah. That, oh, no, it's called Hush. Sorry, it's, it's called Hush. Hush, yeah. yeah. That is one of the best hours of television in history. Oh, yeah. It's so good. And if you're a fan of Buffy and you've watched the entire series, it's that much better. But even if you're not, I think you can jump in and you can watch that and just appreciate it for the artistry. It's the one that won them an Emmy, I'm pretty sure. Like, it was, like, it's It's so so good. good. And there's no talking for the majority of the episode. But you also can totally get, you get a lot of, a lot of stuff out of it. And it's funny because it's in the midst of one of the most... Boring seasons. Yeah, hated seasons. Season four is just... Absolute garbage. I mean, um, whatever. It's not. They, I love there's worse Buffy. things. Yeah, I know. It's. it's uh, let's jump into another email. This is from Sam. Uh, Sam Bukowski. And Sam says, hey, what's up, Mike and Amanda? So I've been watching the Fast and Furious series for maybe two mm-hmm. months. Interesting. And I've gotten through seven of them. I wanted to know what your thoughts on the series were. Do you like them? What do you think about the cast? Do you have any cool fun facts about the series? Ugh. What's your favorite one in the series if you like them? I personally have enjoyed the series very much, save for the second in the franchise, which is one of the worst movies I have ever seen, on par with Sharknado. That's from Sam Bonkowski. I, yeah, I, I love the Fast and the Furious the franchise. The second one, Too Fast, Too Furious. The, fa- the second one is Too Fast, Too Furious. So that's the first one that I ever saw. Oh, interesting. I saw that in grade 12 uh, because... I, a couple of girls that I was hanging out with wanted to go see it. And I went, okay, fine. I, and, and went and saw it with them and uh, it was awful and I didn't like it mm-hmm. and was like, this series is dumb. I don't like this series. Uh, and then other people love it and talk about it and are very vocal about that. Um, and uh, especially the guys on kind of funny, um, they talk about, the Fast and the Furious yeah. franchise with a lot of reverence, mm-hmm, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they did their in-review series, which our reviewed and our ranked series are mm-hmm. kind of Similar, inspired yeah. by. Yeah. Um, and they, they did Fast and Furious in review. And so they put out an episode each week for each of the movies. And I went through as, as they released those and watched each movie. Um, not having seen... Only having seen... Uh, too Fast, Too Furious, and then Tokyo Drift. Interesting. Yeah. Um, wow. So then I went back, watched the first one all the way through. I'd seen parts of the first one, but not mm-hmm. the whole thing. So watched the whole thing all the way through. Um, skipped over Too Fast, Too Furious, just listened to the podcast. Watched Tokyo Drift again, and then watched the rest of the movies for the first time as, as they were going through. And that is such a that series is such a great example of knowing exactly what you are and playing to your strengths and by the sixth movie uh they they had really figured out what what these films were and 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 kind of 
yeah, kind of cracked a code. And it's it's very similar to the Mission Impossible franchise. Oh, yeah. Where it's like the first three Mission Impossible movies, it's like, what are these? And then four, Ghost Protocol comes out, and it was like, oh, that's a Mission Impossible movie. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so Ghost Protocol, and then, uh, uh, what's the one after that? Henry Cavill. No, that's the that's the most recent one. Oh. Uh, I guess I did not is know that there's one in between Ghost Protocol. Rogue Nation. That sounds right. After yeah, Rogue Nation's after Ghost Protocol, and then the most recent one was Fallout. Oh right. Mission Impossible Fallout. So those three is like they are. That's a that's the franchise. Yeah, yeah. The first three they don't even count. <laughs> there's some stuff that they establish. Um, and like some relationships and stuff like that that are important in the other movies, but, but like I quite like the first Mission Impossible. It's like a the first one's like a very a, good movie. The first one's a very good movie, but the first one's a, a very good standalone. Yeah, yeah, film. it's a standalone. Yeah, and then the second one is an awful piece of garbage that yeah. has all style and no substance. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the third one is a great movie as well, but was sort of like course correcting it yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. But then J.J. Abrams came in and did did Ghost Protocol <sighs> and just. Like, no, sorry, J.J. Abrams did three. Maybe. So, I yeah, just, he, I just he loved to, like, he kind of, hour with J.J. Abrams and just, like... Right. Oh, man. Um, so, who did four? I don't remember who directed four. But now they've just got it figured out where it's, like, yeah. these movies are set pieces with a very loose plot to get you from one to the other. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all it needs to be. And then if you can have some cool interpersonal stuff that connects through the movies... That's a reason to continue watching them. Mm-hmm. And that's the exact same formula that's Fast and the Furious. So Hobbs and Shaw comes out. Hobbs and Shaw comes out on Friday, doesn't it? It's, I it think so. It feels like it's been coming out for months. Right? That, so, that's what everybody like, is saying. Um, <laughs> yes, it's coming out soon. And so. I, like, I can't wait. I'm excited. I'm so excited to watch Hobbs and Shaw. It'll be fun. Um, Because to me, Hobbs and Shaw takes everything that's great about the Fast and Furious franchise and removes a lot of the stuff that's kind of okay. Um, Because you're just taking Statham and The Rock and you're adding Idris Elba and that is a recipe for success in my eyes. Um, I, uh... As much as I enjoy Vin Diesel. I really do. He, um... I have a, I'm very excited that this has come up because it's an opportunity for me to talk about this because I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast, but it's something that I've realized recently that I don't talk about it and people don't know this about me, but I do quite like cars. I don't know a lot about cars, but I like and appreciate pretty cars. Yeah. And there's so many beautiful vehicles in Vancouver because it's because of reasons, because of reasons. Um, it has but, to do with drugs. <laughs> a lot to do a with drugs. A lot to do with drugs. And money laundering. A lot to do with a lot to do with also like young people moving here whose families have a lot of money and buy them vehicles yeah. that they have put L's on. Um, anyways, I think it all traces back to Gone in 60 Seconds. I loved Nicolas Cage as a child. Like, <laughs> I don't know why. What a weird but sentence. But sure. You know who I loved as a child? Bill Pullman. Um, Jeff Goldblum and Nicolas Cage. Like, they were three of my favorite actors. I don't understand how you're still single. <laughs> Come on, Independence Day is such a classic movie. I do like, understand how Amanda like, is still single, but okay. <laughs> it doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about right now. Come on, it's just a, it's a contributing factor. It's, sure, I mean, like, this is, they might be symptoms of the same disease. <laughs> 
They're not. Anyways, they're not directly yeah, not related. Not directly correlated. But, but yeah, yeah you know, there is a there's a there's a yeah. similar root cause. <laughs> Anyways, gone in sixty seconds. Quite liked it. Car movie. I watched probably Fast and the Furious around the same time, and also, you know, Paul. Um, What's Walker? His? Paul Walker was a teen heartthrob. Like, oh yeah. Like I liked Paul Walker, and then I liked the Gone is like, and also action movies. I've come to realize in my like wizened age, I quite like action movies. Yeah. I don't like horror movies. I don't like mystery movies. I don't like you. Like, you movies. hang out. You hang out with a bunch of uh, very artsy, yeah. very uh, hipster, opinionated yeah, like sort of people. Yeah. So. I understand that you don't get to express these things yeah. very often, but this is the safe space this, yeah, for it because that's what Thunderquack is but about. But it's the thing where I watch action movies and I'm like, oh, again, we're going to get to it with The Last Jedi. Yeah. But like, uh, like there's a formula for a really good action movie and it just is so... So anyways, The Fast and the Furious is a yeah. franchise that knows exactly what it is. and It's, it's super simple. Make yeah. characters that I love to watch. Yeah. Which is really just about casting the yeah, right people and yeah, letting them do what they're yeah. good at. And do something fun. And, and then like... action set pieces involving those characters. Yeah. And every once in a while, throw in something emotional yeah, into the emotional. middle of the action. Yeah, yeah. Right? exactly. Because I learned who Jordana Brewster is through that and yeah. through Michelle Rodriguez. Michelle Rodriguez is amazing. Vin Diesel, it was also my first introduction to Vin Diesel. And then I loved the triple, like um, Pitch Black was yeah. like, I would never have watched Pitch Black if it wasn't for this. But I didn't really watch all of the Fast and the Furious movies because I'm a purist. So I watched the Fast and the Furious and then I watched Fast and Furious. But I haven't really watched a lot of the other ones but I feel like I really would enjoy them. Like Tokyo Drift yeah. is the the Star Wars or like the Star Trek director dude, and I really like yeah. Justin Lin. Like I just thought it was really cool when people were making fun of the third Star Trek, and they were like Star Trek Fast and Fast Furious. And Anyways, yeah. so but I kind of liked what Justin Star Lin Trek did Beyond's that. my favorite of the. Three. It's a great. It's a great movie, and so I think I would really enjoy that. I just haven't sat down and actually had a time to go through all the Fast and the Furious movies. But as a formula, like they quite. I think they quite hit it on the head and they're super fun. And like, that's really what you say. You need the characters and you need the moments and you need, like, that's what, that's what it is, is it's like, it's a vehicle for character development. And like, if you can get somewhere in the end that means something, it's more than just explosions. Yeah. 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 You just want to care about the people that are in the middle of these action sequences. That's kind of the key. And I think that's what a lot of action and sci-fi, it's Jupiter Ascending is always the the example. I don't care about any of those characters. No. Yeah. So garbage job. when they're in trouble, doesn't matter to me. Yeah. But in it, so there's a one of the Fast and the Furious movies. I think, what is it? Maybe it's six. Which one's the one where it turns out that she's still alive? That's I think Fast and Furious. Yeah, and there's the moment where dead, she yeah. like gets, she's getting like launched out of a car or whatever, and she, like yeah. Michelle Rodriguez is like about to die, and Vin Diesel like drives his car over the thing and jumps out, grabs her in midair and then smashes into the windshield of another oh. car. Like across this like yeah. this oh, like it's like a it's yeah. like a bridge on the side of a cliff or something. Like yeah. I don't know, something ridiculous. And it's totally unbelievable. It's completely nonsense. Yeah. Of like they're both dead now, okay? Yeah. But then like he shakes it off. Yeah. And they continue with the story. <laughs> that's not even the part where she goes like, oh, I'm a good guy again. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, that's yeah, just yeah. the part where they capture her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's very, it's very confusing, <laughs> but whatever. Um, 
but yeah, also and, I like, but like that's like that's why these movies are good because like I want them to be okay, and even though it's dumb and they shouldn't yeah, be in no, that moment. Totally, and you like believe it, and something that like people take for granted about '90s movies, but there were two females in that movie in like the Fast and the Furious, yeah. which is a rarity for like a movie sure. like that to have two women in yeah. the movie that both contribute in interesting ways to like. And I mean, anyway. Michelle Rodriguez is good for that because you can put her in the movie and it's, she's really just playing another guy. Oh, but, she's so great. but she's Michelle Rodriguez, so yeah, it's yeah. fine. Uh, yeah. Um, Fast and the Furious is great. Hobbs and Shaw, hopefully, we'll have a reviewed up on the site soon ish after it comes out. It depends on when I get to go see it. And see, here's my problem is that I actually didn't watch enough Fast and Furious to know who Hobbs or Shaw is. Oh yeah, because they come later. They come later, and so I so feel like Hobbs I is Hobbs is introduced in four. Yeah, that's what I heard, and then he like and then he's over he's stuff. in yeah. Fast and Furious, but he gets taken out of commission at the beginning or something like that. We've talked about the Fast and the Furious before because I feel like I know a lot about the different ones, but I just mm-hmm. haven't like watched them all. Yeah. But anyways, uh, cool. Good times. Um, let's get into. Is there like another action movie franchise that I'm not aware of? There are lots that, of action I know, movie franchises. But that are like, I don't know. I feel like that I would enjoy. I guess that was the caveat at the end of that sentence. I don't know. I need to find, because most stuff I watch has a certain sci-fi or like fantasy Have you watched the Predator it. series? I actually liked Alien vs. Predator, but I haven't watched the full Predator series. Did you watch the first two Predator movies? They're that pretty actually good. I mean, Predator 2 is a little bit silly, yeah. but predator but again, is that has a like great a sci-fi, film that has a sci-fi bent yeah. to it though um so. oh you just want like straight like i'm wondering action. if there's some straight action because i want to know if it's an anomaly that i only like action movies with cars or if i'll I tell you if you want to if movies. you want to know if you like a straight action movie watch assault on precinct 13 okay. not the remake the original john carpenter assault on precinct 13 from okay. the 70s okay if you can sit through that movie and, like, that's pure action, then that's yeah. 70s action, so it's a little bit slow. I was going to say, that's probably not a good... But, like, if you like that, then you like action movies. Yeah, that's fair. Because that is literally just, like, I actually am action. realizing I need to watch John Wick. That's something I haven't seen yeah. yet. And that but I even really... John Wick gets into fantasy. Oh, okay. Because cause right, they're, so what, excited. Cause what they're doing yeah. is is beyond human right Right. um but they create a world in which it's acceptable so there's like a suspension of disbelief where it's like well he can do that i think i like ensemble casts that are doing action anyways there's a reason why we podcast about arrow like as much as i complain about it i don't like dis like unenjoy the show like i quite enjoy its action and it gets it really like you get the formula down for the action anyways i'll stop talking about action movies um the only piece of news we're going to jump into is just that spider-man far from home broke a billion dollars uh, and that there were rumors circulating that the deal with Sony continuing. So what the the deal that they made uh, was for Tom Holland to star in six, not to star, for Tom Holland to be featured in six films as Spider-Man. Oh, okay. So to date, we've gotten five. Oh. That's Civil War, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, Infinity War, Endgame, Far From Home, and then we know that they want to make a third Spider-Man movie, like third cool. solo Spider-Man movie, um, to finish out the the, the home trilogy. Yeah. Cool. Um, the larger plan that has been rumored is that they want to do three trilogies with Peter Parker, with Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Wow. So the home trilogy, which is his high school years, another trilogy of 
college and then another trilogy of him as an adult. Yeah, it's where we so like to get the three stages of Spider Man because those really are yeah. like the three iconic Man, is parts Tom of Holland his life. on board for that? Uh I mean, like, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Spider Man is one of the most recognizable, yeah, most yeah, yeah. important characters in pop culture. I mean, he is That's the, like yeah. it's like, do you want to play Spider Man for nine movies plus incidental appearances in yeah, other films? Yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, I think that Tom Holland will play Spider-Man until they tell him to stop. Uh, Just like Chris Hemsworth is going to play Thor until they tell him to stop. Because Chris Hemsworth has been in Thor, Avengers, Thor 2, Avengers 2, Thor 3, (laughs) Infinity War, Endgame. And now he's got Love and Thunder coming out. And he'll be in Guardians of the Galaxy 3 probably, right? So Nice. I love it. That's that's nine... Thor movies. So good, though. He's so good. He's I so watched some behind the scenes of, like, the Infinity War, like, when he's wearing the suit, and it's, like, it's just a different version of that character, because he has so much fun playing that character, and what yeah. can he do in such a stream? Anyway, sorry, you were talking about the, the news, is it broke a billion dollars in the Yeah, so it broke a billion dollars, and the rumor is that is that in order to make the third one, this one needed to make a billion dollars. It needed to break that, that um, threshold. Um, and that's like Sony wants to make money. So they're basically saying to, they're incentivizing Marvel Studios to push these movies right, so. in order to continue to use that character. Um, and and some people are like, well, I don't know why Sony doesn't just give that character back because it's Spider-Man and he's the most valuable character in the Marvel stable. Right. So they're going to hold on to that character and his ancillary characters for as long as they can. So the, but they just get residuals, right? Like it's like they like. No, it's their movie. It's their movie. It's a yeah. The film. Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man Far From Home are Sony Pictures films in association with Marvel Studios. Oh. When Spider-Man appears in Infinity War, that's a Marvel Studios film. Gotcha. That's a Disney Marvel Studios right. film. Right, and they've given him the rights as long as they can keep yeah. the Yeah, so they can, right. they can do that as long as Sony gets the profit from right. the, other ones. the other ones. Which is why they say, like, that's why the deal... And, and it sounds logical to me of, like, yeah. well, we want to make sure that this hits that because yeah. Marvel is going to push that character and make that character popular and then it's going to benefit Sony mm-hmm. but like they don't want them to just have him in there enough that it it well we've got Spider-Man. They yeah, want yeah. Spider-Man to be important. And what they've created with Spider-Man and Tony Stark, he is arguably going into phase 4 the most important character. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that he's not currently slated to be in any of those phase four movies as far as we know spider-man spider-man i think if we see him in anything we maybe see him in shang chi um yeah because that character is kind of going to be meant to 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 play a certain role as well within this new Mm -hmm. this new universe and spidey is the new (gasps) iron man and then that's an iron man villain right it's it's i didn't tell you we're talking about shang chi yeah I went home after our podcast yes, last week, you did. and I totally realized that I had pronounced Simu's name wrong on the yeah. podcast the whole time, and so I was like sitting there being like, I don't even know how to pronounce this, and so I tweeted at him being like, I'm sorry, I mispronounced your name, and he like is on his Twitter at 11 o'clock at night and yeah. responded to me with the correct pronunciation of his name. He is so cool. He's on his Twitter all the time and just responding yeah. to everybody. Look, I'm going to call it right now. Like, okay. Tom Holland and his Spider-Man is the heir to the legacy of Iron Man 
in the MCU. Like mm-hmm. he's the new sort of like yeah. it, there will be two of them. It'll yeah. it'll like it'll end up being Captain America, Iron Man. Yeah. There will be a dynamic of two yeah. characters at the head of the new Avengers. But Simu Lu is the heir apparent to oh. Robert Downey Jr. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna call He's, that right oh, now nice. because you can already tell that that character and him will be the same person, and <laughs> that yeah, can, like, is get, like, Robert Downey it. Jr. And like. Like, and that's one of Robert Downey Jr.'s things is, like, he's, he's like, I got to distance myself from this because at a certain point, it it became a question of, yeah, am I just, where yeah. does Robert Downey Jr. stop and Tony yeah. Stark starts and vice versa? Like, so cool. it, 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 the, the, he played that character in so many movies for so long mm-hmm. that it started to become a thing of, like, yeah. who's who the person who's and who's the yeah. character, right? And it just... The, the, this like this actor is like the Canadian Twitter account like yeah. tweeted at him and he was like you know you've made it when Canada Twitter like it's like the same yeah. as being knighted he's yeah. just so good at like recognizing where he came from and where he's going and it's yeah. just like I'm so I mean like we're just rooting for him he's yeah, a, he's a great actor yeah. with a lot of charisma yeah. and he's getting recognition on a global stage yeah. and so you just want to cheer for the guy because yeah. he's yeah. just a wholesome Canadian. I just no scandals, please. <laughs> just no scandals. Like let's just keep this one you can pure. Get through. You can get through some um, scandals. It's fine. Yeah. No. I. Yeah. He's gonna be great. Okay. He's gonna be so great. Yeah. Yeah. And Spider Man is gonna continue to be awesome, and everything's gonna be fine. Yay! With the Marvel. Let's just like stuff. have movies for many years to come. Yeah. It's all good. Um. So much content. Yeah. I uh, let's let's talk about the Last Jedi. Okay. What are you looking at on the? I'm just looking the at the like we're recording on stuff and there's like a little thing at the top and I'm just yeah. I'm just paying attention to the recording. Okay, it hasn't turned red. I know it hasn't. I'm excited. <laughs> um, it's not what it was like last time. The Last Jedi, released in 2018, directed by Ryan Johnson, who I had never heard of. Until, oh really? Yeah, I hadn't um, heard of him. Looper is a great movie. That's what everybody a says. Great movie. Yeah, Brick is good too, but Looper is. Looper is top tier. Like like. Um, we're talking about standalone episodes of television. I also one of my favorite things are movies that stand on their own. Oh, nice. They don't yeah, need yeah. sequels. It doesn't need yeah. to be a franchise. Looper is one of those movies. It's nice. like it's self-contained. It is what it is. That's what everybody has said. I yeah. feel like I would really, really enjoy good. Looper. Plus, I like just it's Gordon great Levitt. sci-fi and it's it's time travel. You know who would be good in the cinematic universe, the MCU, is Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I'm impressed. Sure. I'm like it's he's, he's not allowed. allowed. He's not allowed. Yet. No. Okay. No, because he played that terrible version of Robin in The Dark Knight Rises. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's in he's in Superhero Movie Jail. Um, superhero Movie Jail? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, Movie Jail is a thing, and he's in Superhero Movie Jail. It's like sometimes sometimes you get to, to be reborn as another character, as uh, Michael B. Jordan and Chris Evans I was going to say, Chris Evans <laughs> yeah. is the um, king of being reborn in movies. But I just don't know if Joseph Gordon-Levitt has... Uh, has paid his dues in that respect yet that he's an interesting that interpretation of robin signing off on that you know what it is it's not even that interpretation of robin or where that character goes in that movie it's why would you agree to be that well of course you're gonna agree to be it because it's the biggest franchise at the time and it's Mm -hmm. a batman movie and you're gonna make a bunch of money and it's good so of course you're gonna agree to it how could you be satisfied with 
that character's arc knowing Chris Nolan's not making any more Batman movies. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Like, so it is such a tease. And I want to put a word in front of tease <laughs> in order to emphasize how much of a tease that is. But this is an all-ages podcast, so I won't. So you guys can all fill that in. It's so bad. It's yeah, not... It's, like, it's, it's like, that's the it's only like word... Un, it's in, like, yeah. an un, unsatisfying... Yeah, it's like, oh, character. I'm going to put this thread in this movie... That I have no intention of continuing ever. Yeah. And, like, I just, as Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I would be pissed off. Yeah. I would be mad. It's like, you set me up that I'm Batman now. Yeah. But I don't even get to put the costume on. Yeah, he just yeah. gets to see it. And then that's <laughs> where the movie ends. And yeah. it, it dri- that drives me nuts. Because that I would have been a great I continuation of I think I've only ever franchise. watched that movie once. Like, I can't, I don't think yeah. that I've watched it more than once. Don't that's think fair. I need to. It's not very I need good. To. I think I've seen that. But like also Batman. But... Yeah. Um, Sorry. Ryan Joseph Johnson. Gordon-Levitt, <laughs> Ryan Johnson, they have a, a, a very tight working relationship. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in The Last Jedi. Did you know that? <gasps> no. Yeah. So, you know, when they uh, when they they crash slash park their their ship on the beach. Oh, yeah. And the the guy says, yeah, yeah. He says, uh, he's I like, told oh, him not yeah, to park there. Yeah. That's Joseph Gordon-Levitt. No way. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. Uh, yeah. So. How exciting. Because they like working together. So. Aw, that's so cute. I'm actually, I was always curious, like, when I watch it, I'm like, who are all of these people that yeah. get to, like, do cool things in this? In the sequel like... trilogy, they're all famous people. Yeah. So, like, in The Force yeah. Awakens, we didn't talk about it on the last one, but the stormtrooper that, that Ray uses yeah. the Jedi mind trick on is Daniel, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. Daniel James Craig. Bond, right? Yeah, James so. Craig, yeah. Yeah. Which is um, so cool. Yeah. And aren't Harry and William the stormtroopers in, storm in, in The Last Jedi? Yeah. Like it's, I mean, famous people all over yeah. the Star Wars and universe. And Gareth Edwards, who directed Rogue One, he's in The Last Jedi in the scene um, uh, on Crate when they're all in the trench. And, and the does, one guy steps out and like to like use the binoculars. And then the other guy reaches over and he touches the salt, salt to yeah. his tongue. And he goes, salt... The guy that's next to him that gives him the look of like, did you just put yeah. dirt in your mouth? Yeah. Like, why did? Yeah. How is that important information in this moment? <laughs> that's Gareth Edwards, and it's one Ryan of my. Johnson. No, that's Gareth Edwards. Where's Ryan Johnson in the movie? Um. Because I thought he was that. That he, was him. He is in the no. He looks just like Ryan Johnson. No, they don't. They're both white guys with brown hair, but they do not look the same. Maybe. Maybe. Ryan Johnson is in there somewhere. Yeah. I don't remember where he is. Off the top of my head. But let's talk about the actual movie and not just trivia of who's... <laughs> I, That's fair. Obviously, The Last Jedi has been surrounded by quite a bit of controversy. Controversy, yeah, as the con- British would say. I, and I, for the life of me cannot understand how it persists. I understand how it happened in the moment, but I don't understand how it can persist. Because this movie is objectively a great film. It's so fun. It is hands down the best shot Star Wars movie out of any of them. It's beautiful, yeah. Like, every single frame in this film is exquisite. In so many different ways. There's a quality to it that's not in the other movies. Um, and, and The Force Awakens has a little bit of it with like sort of that grainy. Like but it's a J.J. Abrams right? sort like of. It's, like... it's, it's 
there's a there's an artificiality to Star Wars movies <laughs> that isn't in The Last Jedi. Oh, it is yeah. so can... authentic and you are so engrossed in it and i think that's why the canto bite stuff throws people oh yeah off. because it's like it's so out of sorts because that's star yeah. warsy yeah. and the rest of it is so well, like so grounded and like it's not classic trilogy star no, warsy it's, it's prequel. prequel trilogy right and i talked <laughs> about that when we talked about the force awakens but it is it is like and that was for me because i like elements of the prequels coming out of the last jedi i was like that whole casino planet thing was so weird and it totally just kind of took the movie in this other direction and i can't put my finger on it and then like on my third viewing i was like oh it's the prequels yeah yeah ryan johnson likes all of the star wars movies he's a yeah. I'm going to use the quote fingers, but he's a real Star Wars fan, yeah, yeah. right? He, like, he appreciates like the prequels for what they are. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean that you have to agree that they're great films, because yeah. they're not. We've been over this yeah, at this yeah. point. They are, they're very, very problematic movies. They're kids' movies. But they're kids' movies. That's the thing about watching The Last Jedi that really yeah. struck me, is because it's the only movie, I would say, out of all of them... Like, even with The Phantom Menace, where you care about kids. And I will say, like, that is something that has been missing in, like, you see it through the eyes of these kids that that's the whole point of, like, taking it full circle. And this is why, like, I cannot wait to see Rise of Skywalker and have everything come full circle. Because I think the thing that has always rubbed me the wrong way is Anakin starting out as such a young kid in The Phantom Menace. But you forget that the movies are made for young boys like that was the first audience that phantom menace that kid that's who you were supposed to be when you were like enjoying these movies and i think that this the last jedi is the first film out of all of the star wars that have been successful at actually putting young kids into that into that role and having them like you feel for these kids throughout the whole thing and it's such a cool like it's just so it's just so cool that they get to experience it like it's for them like the hope and the generations and and what they're gonna see that like these stories and, resonate and, with and them. giving the idea back to people and this is my favorite thing about the last Jedi as well as the Force Awakens because this is Ryan Johnson picking up the ball that that JJ Abrams passed him mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and that is the idea that anyone can be a Jedi yeah. Because cool. yeah. the original trilogy, Luke is just some kid from some backwater farm yeah. that discovers, oh, you have this power and you can become a Jedi. And that's supposed to be a message to everybody of like, you can be a hero. Mm-hmm. You have it inside of you. You just have to believe in yourself and feel the force, right? And then the prequels come along and say, well, you also technically have to have these microscopic organisms in your blood, which is fine. It -hmm. doesn't negate anything. But the interpretation, the, the, I think the false interpretation that a lot of people pulled from that was that not everybody has these in their blood. Right. The important part was not that Jedi have these, but that Anakin Skywalker is comprised mostly of these things. Right, yeah, yeah. That, just, that yeah. his... And, and the point of that is not that that makes him more powerful. The point of that is there's something off about this kid. Yeah. 
there's something different about him than there is about other Jedi. And that doesn't come across because a lot of the storytelling in the prequels doesn't come across. But then in the Clone Wars and in other stuff, it it fleshes that out a little bit better and you begin to understand, oh, wait. He was probably an experiment by Darth Plagueis and Palpatine to see if they could create life with the Force in order to... I believe the end goal of that was for them to create new bodies that they could transfer their essence into and live forever. Right? Huh. Yeah. Well, that's a... A full thread that doesn't get full, like... No, no. it's it's really not in the movies, no. even no. though it is actually in the because movies. Because you don't, like, think about... Like, people just forget about the fact yeah. that, like, he didn't have so, a death. So, to me, the other part of that is that... Um, I mean, like, it depends on how you want to view things. If that's the Force working through these agents mm-hmm. in order to create Anakin Skywalker, the Chosen One. Or is Anakin Skywalker uh, an aberrant... Right, is yeah. he should he not have existed at all? Yeah. Is he a genetically engineered super Jedi? Yeah. What does that mean? And then along comes Ray, who is a true virgence in the Force, meaning that she comes from no one. Yeah. Which is the important part of the Last Jedi. That's why I say this is my favorite part of this story. The important part, yeah. Is, is that, that just... she comes from no one. She is not important by virtue of the fact that she was created by Darth Plagueis in a test tube and then implanted inside Shmi Skywalker, or however that's supposed to work. She is not the descendant of genetically engineered Anakin Skywalker Super Jedi. She is the Force manifesting in one person to restore balance to the galaxy. Yeah. And... That hope. I'm getting goosebumps as you're talking about that. That hope extends to those kids, especially that one One boy boy. with the broomstick at the end of the movie, who we discover he has the force and he can use the force. He's not a Jedi. He hasn't been trained. That's not how it works. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? So it's like Han says in The Force Awakens, that's that's not not how how the the force force works. It's not, it's, it's not. Oh, you just use the force, but it's also not, you must be a Jedi. Like the, 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 as Luke says, the force doesn't belong to the Jedi. Yeah. And to think that if the Jedi die, the force dies is vanity. And so it's like, yes, it's a kid's movie, but in the greatest fashion, it's a kids movie that doesn't talk down to kids. Oh, no. It presents them with concepts that are above their understanding with the expectation that they will rise to meet it. Mm-hmm. Right? And yeah. that's how you that's how you raise good kids. Yeah. And that's how, like that's that is how I am raising my kids. Yeah. Is I don't talk to them. I don't talk down to them. I talk to them as I would talk to anybody else. Yeah. I'll break it down for them if that's what they need. But I want them to meet me where I'm at because if I'm always just meeting them where they're at, they're not going to develop. They're just going to be children their entire lives, right? Someone commented. But but you need to challenge. You need to challenge kids. And kids' movies need to challenge kids. That's why the Pixar films are so so, um, successful. Yeah. Because they don't talk down down to kids. Um, but they meet kids where they're at. I, I just, I do want to comment. Actually, I didn't tell you this, but down when I was in Comic-Con, we're talking to a lot of people that like some of them were mm-hmm. listening to the podcast as well. Cause they're DCTV podcast people. And somebody said that they really 
loved hearing Kara come on the podcast mm-hmm. and how you talk to her on the podcast. Yeah. And I'm like, that's just how Mike interacts with Kara. And I never had thought of it before as a thing where it's like, never once have we sort of been like, how are you, Kara? Yeah. Like what? Like you don't, you like talk to her like a real person. Do you want a yeah. podcast? You don't want a podcast? Don't be in here. This is what we're doing right now. Yeah. Like, it's just like a, it's, I don't know. I think it's just a very cool. I'm just matter of fact like, with her. Right? But, yeah. Um, yeah, but like I mean, like and 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 I worked with teenagers as a youth mm-hmm. leader, and it was always really important to me when I was doing that as well that that you don't talk down to them, mm-hmm. that you need to respect their agency. Yeah, and that like this movie, it it gives that back to that audience. I think, and and I and I think that that's because Ryan Johnson understood that yeah. it was an intention of this movie, and I think that's where the adults ran into problems with it is that they didn't, they honestly didn't want to be challenged by a star Wars movie. They wanted it to be comforting. They wanted their blanket. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. And I, I will say the best part about this movie and why I love it so much mm-hmm. is because is when it's, Kylo Ren has no shirt on. Oh, I mean, obviously that part, but <laughs> aside from that, yeah. um, is it is a movie for, our generation yeah. for the crapshoot of a world that we are living in yeah. where the big bad Snoke guy that's ruling the world is actually not important yeah. and the person you have to watch out for is the spoiled little white boy <laughs> who like the two of them <laughs> that, that cosplays are running, as Darth Vader that, right that cosplays as Darth Vader yeah. but like who thinks that he he's should a, run the world? He's a white supremacist. Like, right? Like, that's what it is. Who thinks that yeah. everything that came before them is unimportant yeah. and that they know what's best for the world. And then you also have then the leader of the of the army who should be the one person that's going to work with you who wants to kill you the moment that they see you're down because they know what a threat you are. Yeah. And they're such a sniveling little snotty little wiener but they have so much power yeah. that these two men are going to rule the galaxy. And it's just like yeah. that is so real that it's not it's not yeah. the big bads that we have to watch out for. It's not the Cold War. It, it's not Russia. Yeah. It's the boys that think they know better and they yeah. don't need to listen to history. So that's you have the perspective of Ray, yeah. which I love. <gasps> And then I relate so much to Poe in this oh. movie because oh. Poe's journey in this film is one of... I don't like him in this film, just so you know. Okay, I'm going to oh. turn you around on it. I'm going to turn you? you around on oh, it. Because okay. by the it's going to be an it, effort. Because by the end of it, he he figures it out, right? Does he apologize for being such an a-hole? Well, no, but I don't have time for it. <laughs> okay. and I mean, I think that his when he says... When, when he, he introduces himself to Ray at the end, I think that that's him going like... No, there's people You're that You're the most important me. person yeah, yeah, yeah. here. It's not me. He's like, I'm Poe. I because shouldn't just automatically Poe before that, Poe yeah, yeah. before that, just yeah. to skip to the end, okay. Poe before that would have been like, hey. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it would have been like, you know who I am. I'm Poe Dameron. I'm the greatest pilot in the galaxy. Poe at the end of The Last Jedi walks up and goes, hi, I'm Poe Dameron. Right. And then she goes, I am Rain. He goes, I know. Because you're the most important person on this ship. Right. right? Princess Leia is right over there. Sorry, General Organa is right over there. She'll always be royalty to me as well, right? But she's right over there. And yet, Rey is the most important person in the galaxy, arguably, at the moment, right? Like, Like, the fate of the galaxy pivots 
on her and unfortunately on the other side of it on Ben. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and Poe needed to go through what he went through in this movie in order to get there at the end where he can serve the greater good. Oh my God. That's his art. Oh no, Mike, you did turn me around because yeah. now I'm like, he's going to support her in the third movie and it's yeah. going to be Finn and Poe going with Ray. It's yeah. not the three of them going together. It's they're going to follow Ray wherever she needs to go. She's Luke Skywalker She's the and they're one. Han and Leia going like, oh, no well, way. we'll shut down the generator, but like... You need to go confront Vader, yeah. I guess. Like, that's the most important thing, oh right? God. Is you got to go stop Vader and the Emperor. I dislike that you turned me around on that. I mean, so his he journey, has to get there his, by being a His journey jerk. is so relatable yeah. to me because it's what... You can go back and you can listen throughout Quiver and you can hear me go on this exact same journey <laughs> of... I respect women. I totally respect women. Women are great. Strong female characters. I love them. Unless they step on my toes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they get in my way. Yeah. And then it starts to be like a, you know, like, well, yeah, but like not at the cost of the characters <laughs> that I relate to. Yeah. And then over the course of that, it's like, well, okay, so I was wrong when I said that, <laughs> but like my feelings are still hurt to my feelings are irrelevant. <laughs> my this thing that i am white cis male blah 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 heterosexual all of that stuff uh we had our turn and it's everybody else's turn now everybody else has to share their turn white cis hetero males we got our so own, turn turn own turn for the last few thousand years <laughs> And now we're going to let everybody else... We're not going to, but we need to. Yeah, we're not going to. We're not going to actively do it. Some of us want that to happen. But as a a larger group, unfortunately, it's not happening. But Poe... First of all, Poe's not a white guy. But Poe maybe visually appears to some people as a white guy. I think it's one of the best things about his character is that there's all these people who are like, Poe Dameron's so awesome. It's like, you know, you're rooting for a Latino character, right? Um, Because his, uh, I think it's his father is, is it his father or his mother? One of his parents is Guatemalan. So, um, but I, I, he plays a lot of white guys in movies. (laughs) I, it, it, it just he goes on that journey. He starts with the um, Han Solo devil may care attitude of like when you start an attack, you see it through and, you know, Leia slaps him and it's yeah. like in the whole, you know, there were heroes on that mission. Yeah. Dead hero, dead yeah, yeah. heroes, no, no leaders. leaders yeah. um, and that's the whole thing is that like Poe thinks to lead is to be at the front of the yeah. vanguard. Yeah. Right. And, and, to su- and to succeed is all that matters. Like, to, yeah, to do yeah, the mission. Yeah, to like... hop in an X-Wing and blow stuff up, right? Yeah. And what he learns over the course of this movie, when he inter- his story intersects with Amalyn Holdo's story, is that it, there's more to leadership than winning. Yeah. Right? And it's fitting in, in 2018 that he learns that lesson from a woman Mm -hmm. in a position of authority over him and he bristles against it and he feels like he's put in a lot of work and he deserves recognition and 
there's that moment and it's it's a it's a difficult moment for me to watch every single time because I relate to him and I feel for him in this moment of I, I, the, I think she's a lieutenant is talking to the whole uh, princess. Like General Organa is, is in a coma right. and we don't know when she's going to come out of it. That's the good news. Yeah. yeah. And I now the chain of command dictates that the obvious choice yeah, yeah. and he's like getting ready to stand, stand up, up yeah, basically. Yeah. And then it's like vice Admiral Holdo. And it's like, of course it's vice Admiral Holdo. You're a, squadron leader yeah yeah like it's you're not an admiral there are probably four other people as well who are ahead yeah in command of you in line but you're so like it's it's but he's so presumptuous in that moment and i can relate to that yeah and it's and and i think it's healthy to be able to relate to that and recognize it and go if you learn with you, the movie, and that's why you watch. don't yeah. deserve yeah. because you think that you deserve. Yeah. That's entitlement. Yeah. If you earned it, you'll get it. Yeah. Not always, but but more often than not, especially in an organization like that, mm-hmm. if you've attained a rank, mm-hmm. then when the time comes, yeah. you know, you'll 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 get your opportunity. And unfortunately, by the end of this movie, he is one of the highest ranking officers yeah. in the resistance because there's nobody left yeah okay. so i'm really yeah. interested to see what his title what his rank right. is in it, yeah. this one because yeah. i imagine that he'll be general dameron in the same way that han was general solo right oh right yeah, 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 yeah. um which yeah. puts him pretty high up right yeah. i i but yeah, it's it's interesting. So that whole journey of him having to sort of figure this out and making a lot of the wrong choices. And I know that a lot of people don't like that about the story. You don't like it for one reason. I think a lot of guys don't like it because they see themselves in Poe Dameron. And rather than learn from his story, they go, how come he didn't get to do anything cool? And I'm like, um, he actually starts the movie in the yeah, yeah. raddest X-Wing sequence yeah. that we've ever gotten. Yeah, yeah. Coming hot off the second raddest X-Wing sequence we have, we've ever gotten <laughs> yeah, at yeah. the end of Force Awakens. Yeah. And the third raddest, which is the best scene in that whole movie, in is the in the middle of the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, So, like, he's had... And this is the whole point. He's had his time mm-hmm. to be an awesome X-Wing pilot. Mm-hmm. We know that about his character. If all we saw from him in the rest of this was him jumping in an X-Wing and being awesome, he'd just be Wedge Antilles. And Wedge is is a cool character, but Wedge doesn't have an arc in the original trilogy. Wedge, he progresses in rank. He goes from being... Yeah. One of the guys that's a, that's yeah. a he's just a pilot yeah. to being a, the rogue leader, yeah. right? Like, and that's a progression, but it's not an arc. He doesn't yeah. learn anything. Yeah. He just progresses in life. And um, well, yeah, it's the thing for Poe is that is it's the second movie, so that's why he fails. Like, it has to you have to fail in the second movie, and that is Han goes like, into carbonite, yeah, and like and, and Poe like is a misogynist, yeah, yeah, and just ugh, and I actually. Holdo has grown on me because Holdo's a fantastic character. Fantastic. But when you first saw her, people would complain about the costume all the time. Purple is my favorite color. And it was like in watching this one, I was like, how did I not immediately love her? Because just like, she's so so great. So the color theory on that is that Holdo 
in a everybody else is wearing muted colors they're mm-hmm. wearing earth tones and these like muted greens and like that like that kind of lime green yeah, but it's very yeah. muted and then like the the oranges and every like the resistance I uh, are all in very similar mm-hmm. outfits very similar colors yeah. and then holdo comes out in this brilliant purple like this lavender mm-hmm. thing with the lavender hair to match yeah. and it's she sticks out like a sore thumb yeah and the purpose of that is that we're supposed to feel uncomfortable she's supposed it's i mean like on first viewing i think you're supposed to wonder if she's qualified for not if she's qualified is she trustworthy because you're oh, supposed yeah. to be in posed position of right like going like why are you not telling me what's going on right yeah. right and the reason she's not telling him what's going on is for the exact reason why they fail like you, the more people that know the more people that can betray you and exactly then the plan fails yeah like literally poe the reason she didn't tell you is because you did exactly what the hurt she was trying not to do like yeah. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like it's, it's a, great. It's, it's an, like it's, it's a like, need to know, and you just got bumped down to captain, which means you, you don't, don't need, need to, to know. know. And it just, but it's like, but Go but stay like, at your post but it's because of you, Poe. It's because yeah. of you that her plan doesn't work. Yeah. And I think, anyways, I hope yeah. that he. Like, but that just it, like, like the interesting part of it is that Poe does exactly what Han would have done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? To a T. Like, if Han Solo was in that exact same situation, and there were these people making stupid decisions in the higher-ups, yeah. and he was like, well, we gotta save the day regardless, yeah. so let's do what we gotta do. But right? in any other movie, they would've saved the day. Yep. Like, that's the thing. Exactly. Everything would've been fine, but this was a realistic movie, yeah. where it's like, of course it didn't work. Like, what Holdo says, she's like, you, a who now? And like, a stormtrooper and a who now are doing what? Yeah, you, you put, uh, like, on bad, bad odds. Bad odds and, and put us all at risk. Like, and yeah. it's just... Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's exactly what he did. Yeah. And you are gonna actually save everybody. Anyways... I will say. So then, when the, he learns his lesson at the end of the movie, when they're they're in the skim speeders and and, and he's like, we're he's like, everybody thing. peel off. Like, yeah. there's we're not we're gonna, gonna win this fight. Yeah. We have to survive this fight. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like he's watching everybody around him die, and he understands for the first time what command really is, right. and decides everybody pull back. Mm-hmm. And Finn wasn't there. Oh, Finn, Finn didn't learn the lesson right, yeah, yeah. with him. And it's this great, they're great foils for each other in that moment of like, Finn just keeps going. Yeah. And Poe is like, no, pull, pull off. Like, yeah, yeah. no, stop. Yeah, yeah. And he goes and then he's saved by a woman yeah. uh, because the women are the only ones who mm-hmm. make smart decisions in this movie. Another reason why there's a lot of man babies right. that are very upset. At I, this film. I will say the thing... I'm not saying that everybody me, that doesn't like no. The Last Jedi is a man-baby. No, I'm talking no, about a very just specific... just a very specific group. cohort. Yeah. I really want to like Rose more than I do. And that yeah. is my problem. And I think it just... It derives from the fact that I just... The Canto Bite story is boring. Yeah. I, I never really enjoy it when I watch it. And her and Finn have zero chemistry. Like, it yeah. really bothers me. Like, her as a character totally works. But there's just something when you have to play off of Finn, like if that is the dynamic, but it also was a problem in The Force Awakens for me that Finn and Rey had to play off each other. I also didn't think they had very much chemistry. And I think it really is Finn's fault more than it is the girl's fault mm-hmm. because in both of those situations, it was really odd. Um, 
and I don't know what it is. Like, I can't quite figure it out. But, like, I don't want him with either of them romantically. Like, yeah. I don't in any way. I'm not invested in those. I, I like, think I think the problem with Finn's character in these two movies is that he is disingenuous in both. Oh. And yeah. he's out for himself. Yeah. He's not a hero yet. Yeah. And the idea is that in this next one he will like yeah. he's figured that he's out he's a toddler like he was part of yeah. this like organization and then one day decided that he didn't want to be a part of this organization and has no real I mean experience. like it's not that he was part of it he was brainwashed, brainwashed. no but that's it. what I mean but, like yeah. if all you know is his organization yeah. you have the social skills of a five year old yeah. and so you don't understand how to relate to people and therefore his you moment, use his moment when uh, when Rose finds him going into the escape oh. pod and he has like his whole like Oh, resistance hero, and he puts on the persona. Oh, yeah, he's like, and then he like leans in and he goes, "May the force be with you." Yeah, it's like, but it bothers me because it is so disingenuous. So I think he's playing what he's supposed to be playing. That's what the character's supposed to be. But the problem is, is that when you put them against somebody like Rose, who then is supposed to love him, it like it it really doesn't play for me because I'm like, why do you care about this guy? The only moment that I really like Finn is the rebel scum moment. Like it's yeah. the only moment where you're also like Gwendolyn Christie, like one eye, yeah. like that that's performance. your, that performance is your eye. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? It works. People like her. You <laughs> like, get everything like, you need in yeah, that moment yeah. from that character. Anyways, I don't um, think she's dead. Oh no. I don't think she's dead. I, and I don't think we'll see her in rise of Skywalker either. Oh, interesting. But yeah. she could be somewhere. Yeah. But, um, but that's the only thing. I moment think the next time we'll see her is on star Wars resistance. Ooh. That's my guess. Nice. Anyways, uh, that's yeah. but that's my my rant about yeah. but like because I really do like Rose in theory. Two moments that I cry in this movie always is Paige's scene like at the very opening. Oh, and yeah. this brings us back full circle to 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 Fast and Furious and the idea of like a good action movie. The opening sequence of this movie is so great that one of my favorite Star Wars characters is Paige and she's on screen for. How many minutes? Yeah. Like maybe three minutes, and it there's just there's a there's a book about the two of them. Oh, that's great. There's a novel about that's awesome. them. So, but it's like if you want more of that I might, story, I might. But it's like it's such a good moment that you can set up this ten minute action sequence yeah. that has this whole arc, and it's like, anyways, it's very very good. I love that. I get very emotional for that, and then I think just at the end, I forget where the other the second part where I, oh, and the moment where just like yeah. The 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 what I consider the climax of the film, which is the um the breaking moment, like the um when the when she cuts the ship in half. Yeah, the cutting the ship in half. Like that whole is such a brilliant. Like Ryan Johnson, there's an artistry to this film in its storytelling and Mm -hmm. the way that the narratives all come together and the way that they work in in a cinematic visual way. That he tells three, like, character-driven stories, like, complete different arcs in this beautiful cacophony of no sound. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just brilliant that that Rose and Finn survive because they're on the ground about to get executed. And that all the people in the ship survive because she, like, splits through it. And then Ray and, and Kylo, like, the mom, Like, it just brings all of these yeah. three stories together in just this beautiful, like, the medium of film. You couldn't tell this. I mean, I, I like, I read The Last Jedi novel. It's actually the only novelization I've read of a film. That's how much I love it. Ugh. 
I really love The Last Jedi. It's, it's the only one movie. I've read the novelization. The of, novelization is fantastic. It, it is really it's good. It's really good. good, and it gives you a, a little. The Force it Awakens. Gives you exactly what you want. Not at all. The Force Awakens novelization <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna, is garbage. I'm not even gonna bother. It's totally but the trash. but the for the Force Awakens or the the Last Jedi one was totally worth reading. I do recommend it. It's it is the for book. For the prologue the, alone. Oh yeah. The prologue with Luke. Oh yeah. And we haven't even talked about Luke no. really. Oh we that, haven't. Like, no. That's. That is the but, biggest thing. Luke is the yeah. biggest part of this movie and the reason why so many people are very, like, ardent detractors from the film. Um, but what they... I don't know if they necessarily fail. I think that there's a lot of people who understand exactly why they feel this. not love his last this. scene? Like, is... Oh, that's, that's it. When you find out and he's... That's the other moment I think I get emotional yeah, yeah, yeah. is when you like you go back to him at the rock and you're like yes that's what and he happening. sees the two and sons see, and oh then, it's just like oh. yeah but the whole point of this movie yeah is of of Luke's story in this movie is that the galaxy built up his story and built him up into a character that he could never live up to yeah right it's the it's the it, have you seen Spider Man Far From Home yet not yet no okay. I'm sorry. There's a line in but it where where um, Peter is like, I can't, I'll, like, I'll never live up to Tony Stark. Tony Stark. Like, I'm never, everybody wants me to be this thing. It's kind of in the trailers, right? Yeah, it's like, everybody yeah. wants me to be this thing. Yeah. And then Happy goes, Tony couldn't live up to, <laughs> yeah, to Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. and that's, that's, it's the same story with, with Luke, right? But of like, like Luke it. Skywalker isn't Luke Skywalker. No, but they say it. Yeah. At the beginning, what do you want me to do? Like go out and face the first order with a laser sword? Like yeah. it's like it's like how preposterous, but at the same time, that's how the movie. That's ends. how the movie ends, well, and how the also, little kids remember him. Yeah, it's like, also it's also the it, like it's mirrored in the movie itself in the moment where he goes like, "What? What's the force?" And she goes, "It's a power that allows yeah. the Jedi to yeah. control people and lift, lift things." Yeah, <laughs> and. And he's like, everything you just said is complete. It's yeah. not about lifting yeah. rocks. And then the end of the movie, she goes, like, lifting rocks. Yeah, like, it's like just... that's what saves the day is she can and lift a bunch of rocks. And I think the beauty of that is the idea that there's something, there's a reason why archetypes exist, and there's yeah. a reason why stereotypes exist, and like we play off them. So it's the idea that the force is not lifting rocks, yeah. but it's so iconicized in lifting rocks that like, but it's it, well, it's it, not you can't so really separated so. From that. A lot of George Lucas's ideologies with the Force are are based in Eastern religion, and there's a lot of Taoism in the original trilogy, um, and less so in the prequels. But this principle, there's a lot of Eastern influence in the Last Jedi, which is one of the things that makes it one of the most authentic Star Wars movies because the original Star Wars film is a remake of the Hidden Fortress, I remember that. Um, which is a Kurosawa film, and then this is a, a there's there the whole the seeing the the same scene from three perspectives is a direct reference to a film called Rashomon, which that the whole movie is told from three perspectives. Um, then that's all. That's the whole film, and I think I think Rashomon might be a Kurosawa film as well. I. Uh, but the the Taoist principle in this movie of something is not something but is also that thing right. at the same time yeah, yeah 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 right so the force is not lifting rocks and yet the force is also lifting rocks right yeah right 
So I. Oh, that's so brilliant. Luke is not the mythic hero of lore at the same time that he will always be that hero. Yeah. And people get mad of like, well, at the end, he's not even there. And it's like, if you're upset about the fact that he's not even there for that battle, you are Kylo Ren. Yeah. Like you, you missed the point. And if you are Kylo Ren and you're not getting the point that you need to be a lot less Kylo Ren, then you are already lost. Like, you're done. Like, I'm Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I'm going to chop off your legs and leave you to burn in a lava pit. Only this time I'm going to just kind of push you down so that (laughs) you can't get out. We learned that lesson. Um, Finish the job, Obi-Wan. Jeez. Yeah, like, if you're walking away from that movie... From these last two movies, not learning the lesson of yeah. it's your entitlement your, it's your fault, is, Kylo. Yeah, like you get so mad at them escaping, it's because of your hubris yeah. and your like you put on to Luke. What? Of course he didn't survive. Of course nobody could survive that much firepower. Yeah, like it's sort of where you're like on Hux's side, where yeah. you're like, I think you, you think, got him. Like I think yeah, you I got him. You got him. Like yeah. Of course, Kylo, he would have died. Yeah. Like, duh. Have you ever seen him survive something like that? Because you believed something, you made it true. But yeah, but that's the thing is that Ben Solo has built up Luke Skywalker in his mind as being so much more than he actually is. Yeah. Right? He's your uncle that didn't know what he was doing and made a really dumb choice yeah. and totally like well, and that, people, there's a lot of people who want to say that like that Luke Skywalker in that moment that's not the Luke Skywalker that we know from the original trilogy and I totally beg to differ Luke Skywalker from the original trilogy is impulsive he's naive he he's doesn't stay brash. on Dagobah he leaves yeah. he does exactly what Yoda told him not to do yeah and and his friends all wind up in peril because of it he like, he walks into the throne room and immediately betrays the rebellion because he wants to have a quippy one-liner for the for the emperor he doesn't recognize in that moment his own hubris and ego and lack of foresight and naivete doesn't allow him to recognize these two men that you're in this room with They've got it over on you about 10 times over. You think because you trained for a little bit with Yoda and because he said, Yoda said, go face your father and then you'll be a Jedi that, that, that now in this moment you're a Jedi. No, Yoda was saying like, if you go confront him and you survive that and not physically, but your soul survives that encounter and you remain a hero, you don't turn to the dark side, then you'll be a Jedi. Then you'll be a Jedi. Know that suffering yeah. and and be willing to make that sacrifice and then you'll be a Jedi. Not go hand yourself over to your father and then you're a Jedi. That's not what he meant, right? Yeah. But Luke, in the same way that he thinks that the Jedi texts are important in this movie, and Yoda goes like, they're books. But also... Exactly your own lesson. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Jedi are not the Force. And yet you are mourning paper with information on it. But that's not the important part. 
everything that Ray needs, she already has. And Yoda's being clever because, because he, knows he knows she has, has the books. books. Yeah. But... And it's again, it's another instance in this movie of it is what it is, but it's also what it's not. Yeah, because the only reason Yoda burns that thing down is because he knows that the books aren't in there. Because like, he's not, Yoda isn't destroying the books in that no, moment. He's, he's teaching, teaching his people yeah, yeah, yeah. one last yeah, yeah. lesson. Which, why don't more people talk about Yoda in this movie? Right. It's such a great scene. It's such period. It's so, it's so, and the idea that like, it's the beautiful like gravitas of he's like, it's time then. And then Yoda's like, time it is. For you to look past a pile of old books or whatever yeah. it is. But it's like, he's not, he's agreeing, but at the same time, like, totally not. He's a Muppet that just, like, yeah. has weird, weird ways of talking. Like The fact that Yoda is brilliant. what he is, this little green Muppet yeah. that talks in a funny way with a funny voice... Is like again, it is he, he is what he is not, but also is yeah, that like yeah. he's George Lucas always talks about him. He's the, it's the frog on the side of the road that if you choose to help, it'll grant he'll grant you a wish, right? right? Yeah. Like, or it turns out that he's a cursed wizard, right? Yeah, like, yeah. there's something because of your act of heroism, it turns out that this thing that you thought was something else turns to, out to actually be something that's important to your yeah. hero's journey, yeah, right. And I, the, again, it's the hubris of Luke Skywalker to think my hero's journey is over. I blew up the Death Star. I saved my father. My hero's journey is done. And Yoda being like, never, it doesn't end until it ends. And unfortunately for us, we're Jedi and we're eternal and our (laughs) spirits live on in the force. And I'm still here teaching you the same stupid lessons, (laughs) like hits him on the head. And he's like, Oh, young Skywalker, I've missed you. And it's like, because to Yoda, it's like, he's, yeah, he's a 70 year old man, but it's like, come on, I'm 900. And now at this point, 70 years old, right? It's like, come on guy, like get it together. Like, like you, you've got a lot of time left to become actually wise, yeah. um, but I think that people wanted Luke Skywalker, Jedi Master, wise, master, and it's like. He is, he is that, his lessons for Rey are all important lessons. He's absolutely right. The Jedi at the height of their power <laughs> allowed, allowed Darth, Darth Sidious, Sidious to rise, rise. <laughs> like and destroy the yeah. It's. And this is why I know that Ryan Johnson is a fan of the prequels, because the sort of stuff that I talk about with the prequels, he sums up in one line with Luke Skywalker. <laughs> it's a deep breath. And by the end of it, Mark Hamill is like, <gasps> right? yeah, like yeah, yeah, he yeah. needs to take another yeah, breath, yeah. but he gets through it all in yeah. one line. Yeah. That's the prequels. Yeah. And that's the Jedi. And that's that story. And it's a Shakespearean tragedy that this group of heroes galactic heroes protecting everybody from evil are so blinded by their own hubris that they can't see that they've created an environment that's perfect for darth sidious to to take over the galaxy and they play right into his hands and at every turn they do exactly what he needs them to do in order for his plan to come to fruition and and yet Luke in those moments is not recognizing in himself his own hubris of thinking that it's up to him as to whether or not the Jedi should continue or, yeah. or end. Yeah. 
So it's not it's up like to it's you. It's not up to you, yeah. There's just You don't um, own the force. The Jedi don't own the force, but you also don't own this religion. But, you don't own this yeah. set of ideologies. But then he and like the idea that he learns still in the movie Right? That him teaching Ben, yeah. right? In the end, right? Where he's like... And it's the, the fun, quirky, like, everything you just said is wrong. Yeah. Like, I like that they can bring that back around in the end, right? And that's the that's the goosebump moment, right? Where you're like... Star know, Wars. It's Star Wars, This is Star Wars, Wars, right? Wars, yeah. And I will not be the last Jedi. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, and then, I mean, like, just really quickly, the Princess Leia aspects of it. Oh, yeah. Um, Using the force. Using the force to save herself in that moment. Uh, and having the o- a connection the, with her son. The, yeah, the only thing that I will fault Princess Leia, General Organa for, um, and this movie sort of supports it, is the idea that all of that power is the Spider-Man thing. Great power, great responsibility. And she chooses not to, to, to utilize to it. To be a Jedi. She didn't necessarily need to be a Jedi. And this is one of the things of like, it's like, this is why that black and white ideology of you're a Jedi or you're not a Jedi. It's a problem. Yeah. She, whether she knew it or not, her entire life was tapping into the force. Her son, any children that she would have had would have likewise been connected to this force. Her reluctance to accept that part of her life and that culture that she is intrinsically tied to is part of the downfall of Ben Solo mm. because Han can't understand. Right, yeah. Han doesn't have that connection. He can understand as much as he can understand. This, But Leia could have related to her son in a way that nobody else could have. <sighs> But she doesn't ever explore that part of her life out of fear. I think out of fear. And what you're talking about... That's my interpretation of the character, at least. ...makes me the saddest about this third movie is that it was supposed to be Leia's movie. Yeah. Like, Han got the first one, Luke got the second one, and Leia was supposed to get the third one. And they've had to change it. And I just think that the original movie would have been so much... It would have explored that, I think. Hindsight, if you could have told the story knowing that Carrie Fisher wasn't going to be in the third one yeah. and you could have flipped that and let Luke yeah. survive to the third one. Yeah. Having Holdo switching them in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think like having a moment where, where they're having that conversation and Holdo's like, somebody's got to stay behind. And for Leia to be like, pulls out a blaster, stuns her and says, yeah. put her but on the ship. Been, and then for her to of, be It would have been a waste of, of general Leia. I don't think so. I think that that would have been a good send off for. I don't know. I think everybody says it should have been Admiral Akbar in that role, in the role that Admiral Holden plays. No, but I don't think that you would have had the right dynamic. No, 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 no. And like the the whole thing is like it's important that she's a woman. Poe would have respected Admiral Akbar. Yeah, exactly. There would have been the the biggest thing is like he knows Admiral Holdo because he goes the Battle of whatever uh, Chiron Chiron, Chiron, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like so he he's heard of her, but he's like that doesn't look like who I imagined in my head. Um, whereas, like, yeah, he, like, and then she, probably and then, I mean, like, like, to be really clear, Holdo makes some calculated errors in the way that she deals with Poe oh, yeah. Dameron. Oh, she, she dresses totally him down in yeah, that yeah, moment, and that's not what been. she should have no, done. No, if she had brought him into the fold, but it was yeah. like, you know, he had sort of screwed up and he was being a bit cocky. So yeah. it's like, they're not, she's not, like, she's not infallible, obviously. Um, 
But I will say, I think that it would have been important. She was reacting from an emotional place because... So the part of the story that isn't clear in the movie, but that you know from from ancillary material, is that Holdo came with the cruiser and everything else that those bombers came from. They weren't there, right? right? Leia's contingent was the X-Wing squadron and a couple of transport ships. After the events of The Force Awakens, they put out the call of like, hey, we need to evacuate this base. Bring the cruiser, bring the frigates, bring the bomb, like bring all this stuff. We need to put together a plan in case they show up. Mm-hmm. Poe comes up with his plan right. and then sacrifices all of her Holdo's resources oh. and her people in that moment. And and. So Leia is mournful of the of of like the the leadership moment that that mm-hmm. Poe screws up. Holdo is holding Poe responsible for the deaths of her friends. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's so that's the piece that is that's missing there. So her actions are totally understandable. Yeah. Not necessarily excusable because it's like you're in a yeah. position of authority. You yeah. got to put that aside and do what's yeah. best for everybody. But anyways, you were going to say something. Do you remember what it was? Oh, when you say that, it now makes it harder for yeah. me to like un- to like remember what it was. I interrupted and then mansplained something. No, it's all good. <laughs> I I think honestly, it was just more about like Leia and the in the third movie. I thought I in my idealistic versions of these movies that Leia and Kylo, like Leia and Ben's relationship, would have been explored in the third movie. Yeah, like that. There's something about his mother, and that it tie it parallels to like Anakin and his mother mm-hmm. that I thought would have been a really nice bookend to, to me series. that as much as like the force awakens makes it seem like it's Han and Ben that were the problem. Right. Like that, like that, that, but, Oh no, it wasn't. It was Leia it and Ben. It oh, was totally. absolutely Leia did something Leia kept Ben at a distance. And that's why I say, like, my interpretation of the character, my read, is that that she was afraid of that power. Yeah, totally. It's why she would suppress it in herself and be wary of it in Ben and think that the only thing she could do is give give him to somebody else. Because the thing is, Leia could have dealt with him because she's also Force-sensitive, right? Like, so Leia could have dealt with Ben in a way that she just was too scared to and, and passed him off to... And that's probably part of it, too, is that I think that Han probably knew... That Leia, like, there's more to the Force than Leia lets herself. When we eventually get the story of of all of that, and we'll get it eventually. Somebody will put pen to paper or it'll be a comic book or an animated series or something. We'll get that story. And I think when we do, we will... the, The script will be flipped on Han and Leia, where I think the expectation for a lot of the audience right now is that Han screwed up. And left, and Leia was upset oh. about that. Like, no. Leia was the one who was like, well, I guess he's gone now. No. But I think it's the other way around. I think Leia made an error, and Han lost his cool about it, and then was like, I can't, I, after this, yeah. I can't stick around. Yeah. I got it. Like, I have to leave. Yeah. This isn't going to work. Because right. she messes up. Yeah. It's something, because... The Very thing much is, what you're saying of, like, him knowing, like, like him saying to her, like, like... We can. You like, could yeah. have dealt with this, but you're afraid of the Force. You're afraid of being a Jedi. You've yeah. always been afraid of this because of mm-hmm. Vader, mm-hmm. because of, and it's like, and there's a there are logical, justifiable reasons. Mm-hmm. Her father 
tortured her yeah. for presumably hours aboard yeah. the Death Star. Yeah, like and she finds just, out later that's that was my dad. Yeah, like it just like that. Like there's, there's so many she things could, that are wrong she can't reconcile like, her past. Yeah. No, no, no. And 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 embrace no. that part of herself. And it, she turns it off by going back into like military leadership. Yeah. And like there's, I don't know. I just think it's really interesting the idea that Luke says Han was Han about it when like the idea of Kylo coming to like learn from we don't know really what that means it's supposed to be like a little bit like we feel like there was maybe some combative nature to that but I think it's because Han cares very deeply and like my interpretation of that is that Han was probably a little bit more like why yeah why does he even need to be a Jedi yeah why can't we just like what do we need Jedi for the galaxy is at peace yeah Right? Yeah, like why do you have to tame this? Why do you? Why are you afraid of this power inside of yeah. him? Why doesn't he just get to be my son? Yeah, and like why can't he just you deal with the force? Why can't yeah. he just deal with the force and then yeah. be like, no, no, he needs to be like yeah, yeah, like why can't his power? Why can't he just race ships like yeah. I do? Like yeah. like why does he have to go be a Jedi? Yeah. Why does he have to go be Luke? Yeah. That's unfair. That's an unfair thing to put on any kid. Yeah, exactly. He can right? just be my son. Like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I really want this story. You need to. You need to Everything. either read or listen to Last Shot yeah. because Last Shot connects the sequel trilogy with Solo. Oh, yeah. And it's so. it's a story that's told from t- in two time periods. Actually, I think maybe even three. You've talked about this before, yeah. Where it, It's like, the Han and Lando yeah. story oh, and it's... Yeah. I think I would really like it. It's yeah. so good. It's one of my favorite Star Wars novels. Um, Solo is the next thing on my like... I've threatened to watch it many times on Netflix yeah, yeah, yeah. where I like hover over it and I was like, is it time now? And I'm like, no, I'm going to wait for like a really good... Because now I've gone through all of them Okay, I, it's so hot in here and it's so late in my it's head It's so hurts. hot and so late, yeah. But, um... Okay, let's rank was, it. What a great episode of Thunderquack. This is the like, most we've stayed on topic and talked about the Star Wars movie yeah, out like, of all of them. And I think that that says something about this movie. I mean, And then yeah. on this viewing and now with this conversation... Yeah something's about to change in my rankings and my personal rankings. I don't know how it'll reflect in the rankings of this. I mean, this this has always been my Star Wars movie. I say, as I was watching it, I was reciting, like, the lines in a way that I didn't realize I knew. And, um... I don't know. I quite... This is... Like, the moment I saw it, I was like, this is my Star Wars movie. And I do... I mean, Return of the Jedi will always be, like, close to my heart. But, I mean... It's important. I, it's important. There's a nostalgia there. There's a nostalgia. But it's and if and if yeah, I think that it's my it's obviously like one of my favorite Star Wars movies, but I, I actually I think the the Last Jedi is my favorite one. It's my it's my you think so? I think I like it more than Force Awakens. I think I like it more than The Force Awakens as well. Yeah. And I think that this was the one where we expected the the pattern to break <laughs> and all of a sudden for this movie to be yeah. shifted, shifted somewhere, somewhere in between else. And I was going like, is it better than Return of the Jedi? Is it better than The Force Awakens? Is it better than Empire Strikes Back? So I think after I watched it, I finished watching it this afternoon on the train, grinning ear to ear as I was watching it. There's so many parts about it. When Rey shows up in the Falcon at the end to save the day. (gasps) Whoa, they hate that ship! (laughs) Such a good moment. It's such a good moment. You just... Can I just say, seeing those little moments of, like, Ben Solo being like, blow that ship out of the that sky. piece like, of junk. Piece of junk. Piece like, of it's junk. just, like, he just, like, yeah. he grew up on that ship. Like, yeah. that's his come house. Come on, that's yeah. his house. Like, But it anyways. represents everything he lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we can't get into this Sorry, again. I know. Sorry. <laughs> I was going, like, okay, 
it's definitely better than the Empire Strikes Back for me. I, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's arguable. Is it better than Return of the Jedi? But if I'm saying that the Force Awakens is better than Return it's of the Jedi, Jedi for me, and I feel right now where I'm at mm-hmm. that the Last Jedi is better than the Force Awakens. I love The Force Awakens. I love yeah, it. It's, it's really good. such a good movie. <sighs> this is tough. Yeah, it's tough. Because it's tough. if you had asked me six months ago if The yeah. Last Jedi was my favorite Star Wars... Yeah. Okay, first of all, The Last Jedi is not my favorite Star Wars movie. No. Solo is my favorite Star Wars movie. Okay, I mean, yes, that's been very But clear. in the Skywalker saga, yeah, I think as of... August, sorry, it's not August. As of July 29th at 11 o'clock at night. Oh my goodness. Yeah, The Last Jedi is number one I in think my ranking. I also feel like after having listened to us talk about it, I imagine that somebody else's ranking has gone up as well. I hope so. Because I think talking about it, I was really, I'm always biased going into this one though. Like, we, I've talked about it more than any of the other ones mm-hmm. and know that, like, it's such. Just there because is of it, something. Like, ineffably special special about this movie that there's something ineffable about all of star wars oh yeah the entire thing like just like there's there's some alchemical mixture of western science fiction opera uh (laughs) like yeah samurai samurai film like it's just it is george lucas just took everything and threw it into a gumbo of cinema that nobody else has ever been able to replicate to that level. And the only thing that's come close in the last 40 years has been the last 11 years of MCU. And really, in the MCU, only the last two years, maybe three. In terms of, like, cinematic scope and, like... In terms of, like, in terms of, like, getting into a same place as Star Wars. And I think that it's starting to maybe even eclipse it a little bit. Um... And that's fine. Like, it's like nothing lasts forever. Things are impermanent. So I like I'm okay with that. But in a way. But this this this, movie is the hope of Star Wars. Maybe just maybe coming back and being just as relevant. I mean, like you don't get to the MCU without Star Wars. So that that relevance is always going to be there for it. But um, and Kevin Feige would be the first one to to acknowledge mm-hmm. that Phase Two is full of Star Wars references. So Phase Two, in every Phase Two movie, somebody gets their hand cut off. Oh no! And way, that's really? a that's Kevin Feige's tribute, tribute to, to Star Wars. Wars. Oh, how cool! Yeah. That's fun because it is though, and the thing that it's also very important for us to talk about Ryan Johnson and yeah. his influence on this movie, and that that there is going to be more. And it's going to be him continuing on stories he's that we do didn't his know own his own thing. in a way that Star Wars has Untethered. never been able Star Wars has never yeah. been able to go beyond Skywalker. Yeah. Like and so the fact that brilliantly this last episode is called Rise of Skywalker when actually it will be the opposite of that, which is brilliant. Like it's the end of the Skywalker saga. But it also allows the universe to continue. And yeah. I think that the best thing about this movie is that it's it's cut the cord between the people that will continue with the Star Wars universe. Because 
Frankly, the people that didn't like this movie, I don't want you part of my new Star Wars universe because you yeah. won't understand it and you won't appreciate it because it's going to speak to something integral and universal and timely in a way Star that... Star like, Wars is, is yeah. and always has been for everybody. Yeah. And like, the idea that Star Wars belonged only to boys and men yeah, like, was always wrong because... Yeah. Princess Leia was there from the beginning. She's the only one with her act together in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those boys would have died on the Death Star if yeah, not for yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, she, like, it's always been. It has always been for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like I said, but my mom, now, yeah, my mom but, got me into it. Yeah. But now it can represent that yeah. properly. And yeah. that's where we're at is that in 2018, when this movie came out, um, the world was at a place where it was important that this movie be representative and go out on a limb. And it doesn't go out on much of a limb other than just putting a bunch of women at the front of the story and making story and making all of the guys doofy guys. They're not doofy guys. I mean, like, like I think that they all, everybody has natural arcs that make sense. And they, and, and like, I could talk about this movie. You're, the more Forever. you're talking, the more I'm like, we didn't even really talk about Kylo yeah. and the brilliance of the fight scene. Or the connection the, between or him the and Rey. connection between him and Rey. But also the fact that he manipulates her. Like, in that moment... He the negs killing, the crap out of her three times in this movie. Like, negs the crap? He negs... You yeah. know what negging is, right? Where you, in order to... to you undermine a, a person right, right. in order to put them in a Try, place of vulnerability oh, so, so that, that you can try, take advantage yeah, of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But the, the best thing is is that he knows the power that he gives her yeah. and then tries to take away in that moment. The only reason he can kill yeah. Snoke is because he knows that she will fight with him. Yeah. Like, he's he's put it so perfectly, but the thing that's so brilliant is that he doesn't realize that that comes from a connection that is also real. Like, he's been like, I've manipulated it perfectly and yeah, I'm going to take thinks, advantage of this. And like he's in I'm, so, I'm in total control. But, but then he doesn't realize end, that he's actually he, in love with but her. Exactly. And the idea that, like, yeah. that at the end he's kind of like, oh no. Like, it's like, yeah, it didn't yeah, quite you're, work you're, out. You're, you're, no. you're still holding yeah. up. When he screams that, oh, yeah. it's oh. so... Um, oh. And she has that realization of like, oh, you're an abusive jerk. Yeah, like. And she's like, okay, this doesn't work. Like, because yeah. there is a moment where she turns in the movie when he tells her the story, yeah. his his perspective, and she goes, oh, like, oh, you're I, a, yeah. you're tragic. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're not doing this because just because you're an entitled little rich yeah. boy that yeah, like, like you, you you're yeah. not just a murderous snake. Yeah. Like, someone did this to you. Yeah. Right. This yeah. this this was thrust upon you. Yeah. And then in that moment afterwards, she like it, it, after the yeah. battle, she goes, oh, but you're committing to it. Yeah. Like you believe that you I've are, given you like, the opportunity to make a choice for the first time in your life and to be your own person. And you've chosen to be the person that Snoke turned you into. Yeah. We're like done it's just, Yeah, yeah. And that's where oh. she's like, she's just like, we're done. Yeah. This is over. Give me back the lightsaber. I'm leaving. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, anyway, sorry, we didn't even talk yeah. about that, but I just, like, as you're talking, I'm like, yes, there's something. Yeah. And it's also, I will say, quite tragically, this watch around and my realizations about Kylo Ren have, like, burst my Raylo bubble a little bit. Yeah. I'm a little sad, but also 
cannot wait to see the fruition of that scene. Somebody at Comic-Con had a picture of, like, Ray like, crouched down with the, with the um, TIE, TIE fighter. fighter in the background, and I'm like, everybody's just so... I just I can't wait. I can't wait to see it on a big screen and what the so context that's what of that scene is. Like. This is this is our official ranking now. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Starting from the bottom, going to number one. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. This is probably the only Star Wars ranking on the internet yeah. that will keep it that way, and I'm quite excited. And I say all of that, and I'm confident saying that I'm that we're putting. The Last Jedi at number one in July of 2019, knowing that Rise of Skywalker will be number one in 2020. <laughs> when we so what we're gonna do is we'll be back uh, when we start doing Star Wars ranked uh, in 2020. It's gonna be its own show. Sorry, Star Wars ranked. When we do Thunder Quack ranked, it'll be it's gonna be its own show. I don't know exactly what it's going to be yet. We have to kind of put that together. I have some ideas of directions that we could go with it. Um, most recently, maybe even as a live show that we do um, locally, uh, which could be cool that we then record and release on YouTube or whatever. Um, but that's obviously a big undertaking. Cool. And I'll yeah. have to find other people to help us with it. Um, if we go that way. One way or another, though, it, it'll be its own show. And what it'll be is we'll take a franchise we'll take all of the movies and we will discuss the crap out of it for two hours and then at the end go through the we'll yeah. we'll rank it yeah right so we'll have we'll have a ranking of it yeah. so when we do rise of skywalker we'll be doing rise of skywalker when it releases on blu-ray um and and digital or whatever right so that we can fully absorb it so that we've had a lot of time to yeah. see it multiple times because it would yeah. like the the immediate reaction is gonna Excuse be stuff. too yeah, yeah. there's it's too subjective at yeah, that point yeah, yeah. um you need some distance from it and then to come back into it and like the distance that i have from the last jedi now and then coming back in and watching it and i made a very concerted effort to watch it this time yeah. of not like it's on in the background yeah, i was no, like okay i like... put my phone aside and then i watched it on my phone so i can't be doing other things yeah, if i'm watching yeah. it on my phone um, really focusing on it and remembering just how great a film it is. Yeah. It's like, well, you have to have that distance. Yeah. So we will with that. And, and then we'll have an official ranking of the Skywalker saga mm-hmm. um, for that. Sorry. But before oh, we, we do that one, we're, we're going to do Harry Potter first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited for the Harry Potter one. Yeah. Um, awesome. That's it for That's the Thunder Quack podcast this week. Uh, thank you and for, for listening. Summer. And for, for the, the summer. summer. More or less. I mean, uh, we, less, like, yeah. we, we might be back a little bit, but um. Yeah. Uh, you can stay up to date with all the latest Thunderquack podcasts by hitting the thunderquack.com. Uh, and I, I, I guess I just, yeah, you can follow us on Facebook. Yeah. You follow us on thunderquack.com, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash thunderquack, on Twitter at thunderquacknet, and on Instagram at thunderquackpodcast, yeah. thunderquackpodcast, yeah. Nice. You can also follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at a Konkin, A-K-O-N-K-I-N. You can add an 86 to that for Instagram. And I'm at Arkwolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. And if you like what you hear, you can support us in two ways. First, by going to store.thunderquack.com and picking up some merchandise. Get yourself some cool stuff. I actually, there's a shirt up there if you're a big fan of The Last Jedi. That is, we are the spark. So um, that's my, the uh, very specific Last Jedi uh, shirt. and uh, I kind of meant it when I did it. It's obviously a reference to 
the last Jedi, but I also meant it kind of as a, uh, the Thunderquack community is a bunch of really cool people that, uh, are evolved human beings, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I wanted it to kind of be our thing of, you know, uh, there's a lot of really unevolved human beings out there right now saying really stupid things and doing really dumb stuff. And let's go ahead and say putting people in concentration camps. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it was kind of my thing. I wanted it to kind of be a thing of like, let's let's make like, the world a better place yeah like the resistance we need a resistance in yeah. real life not just yeah. in star wars um so yeah i yeah. uh, so if you if that sounds like a good idea you should go to store.thundercrack.com and buy one of those t-shirts i still need to get one i need to get one before star wars celebration next year oh, yeah. for sure um but i got a year to worry about that uh, the other way to support us is by going to patreon.com slash thunderquack and kicking in with your monthly monthly pledge of support a uh, dollar gets you early access to the Thunderquack podcast. It gets you access to the exclusive Facebook group and uh, other random stuff that we'll be doing on Patreon. We're going to use the Patreon, especially, again, once Arrow is done and this is the main focus mm-hmm. for you and I, like, like yeah. we'll, we'll actually be do doing Patreon stuff. more stuff. The, I mean, Patreon. I think it was really cool. I got to use the actual Patreon yeah. app while I was in San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah. I live streamed some things on the little, yeah. like... Thing that they've got it's like a it's like a cool little community that's yeah. just for patreon so it's kind of cool cool uh thank you for listening and uh we'll catch you on the next one cool we are the spark that will light the fire that will burn the first order down <laughs> <laughs>